Welcome to the Just Weebs podcast. I am your host for this week, Onimaru, and I'm here with Shocking to talk about copium. You know, some people already asked me, like, what's copium? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I mean, I kind of know, but I'm like, I don't have a lot of examples. So I'm like looking to Shah here, like, what what is copium? How do we explain copium for, for the uninitiated? You're like, you're like, you're the kind of like, terminally online person who would know what copia means and i'm like yeah i think i do unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess we have to go for, copium is probably a phrase well if you're well balanced you probably have not heard of that phrase but if you've been online within the past year you might have heard of copium and you might be like oh that's a weird word what does that mean um i guess like the historical background is i think it started getting used a lot it might have been created i don't know they it started getting used a lot back um in uh 2020 you know yeah almost a year ago actually started getting yeah. used a lot after um the 2020 election results came out that biden won and there were was like a sizable amount of like trump supporters who were convinced that you know in december and january trump would pull out the win somehow they didn't have the answers for how Trump would get more votes after the election process. Mm. They just knew that like he was going to pull the 13D chess move and declare himself the winner somehow. So and then everyone kind of dubbed it as like copium. Not everyone like people online dubbed it copium because they're trying to cope with the loss by like, you know, take like kind of breathing in and like, you know, how you breathe in like gas yeah. like you know, like helium or like some kind of gas like yeah. no one breathes in helium but like you know you breathe that in so it's like the image of uh the pepe meme like snorting uh yeah with the with the oxygen drug. mask the oxygen mask snorting that so now it's been kind of like referred to casually as you know losing touch with reality but convincing yourself that something that is unrealistic will happen yeah. you know, through kind of like self-delusion, I'd say. Yeah. That's self-delusion in the form of like coming up with ridiculous excuses for why something will happen that will realistically not happen. Yeah. So like copium started off like more uh, a political kind of term mm -hmm. in response to that. But now it's sort of like trickled down to, you know, video games, like a different communities and fandoms yeah. where like people have this opinion to like, like like pretty much they run laps to kind of justify something whether Jump it's a, mental the mental gymnastics you know yeah it's, you know it's existed forever and it has like tons of names you know i'd say like jump jumping through hoops or like the mental gymnastics to convince yourself of something but now we just have the funny word copium of like you know cope more <laughs> copium more like yeah. so it's just like a new way of saying an old thing but now we have a, a new funny way of saying it and you know, we've seen it in the anime community a decent amount. Um, we've had it before the term was created, but now we've seen it used a lot more recently. Yeah. So, like, I think I've seen it around, but, like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, there's one recent example, uh, but what are, like, the biggest examples of copium that, like, copium are kind of just extreme rationalizations that you've seen, you know, in regards to anime? What are the ones that stick out in your mind? I mean, it is the big one recently, just because it's been so big recently is like the the entire process of the Attack on Titan manga ending, especially like the last couple chapters, just like 
the way the way I've seen it be discussed in certain terms of like, you know, there's one chapter to go. We have like 10 different to do things like to do things on the bullet, the bullet list of like what needs to be accomplished. And like I've seen people before the chapter was dropped kind of say like he's doing this, guys, he's doing all of this. Like this is what's going to happen or like like just some kind of like ridiculous explanations for what was going to happen. And then I think it's been kind of exacerbated because you had the first release of the last Attack on Titan chapter, chapter 139. And then they had the volume version, which was like, had more pages, more context, like it had more stuff. So you have like certain, I'm not saying different drafts, but different releases of the same content. So you kind of got to re-experience everything over and over again. So then you have more room for speculation, more room for copium of like, well, these are the things I want him to fix. This is what he's going to do in the last draft. And then it's like, oh, is it better or worse? Is it the same? Yeah. And now you kind of have like endgame copium of they're going to fix these things in the anime, which is like, who knows? Yeah, like they're, they have very little evidence, but they're hoping yeah. <laughs> or coping so much yeah. that, you know, they're grasping at straws at this point. Uh, yeah. But like, do you find like, like those examples, I guess that's an extreme example and other examples. Like, do you find it more like, do you find it to be a problem or do you find it just funny? I think it's just funny, but like, it's really sad. And like, I'm like over in a meta sense, I think it's sad that, you know, for the majority of people, cause I did a poll back. I did a poll back when the chapter was released, but like a few weeks after I said like, you know, what is your general impression of the chapter? And I think my four responses were, it's great, it's good, but not great, or like, it's bad, but not series ruining, or it's series ruining. And like, I didn't want a neutral pick because like, you know, I don't want to know if you're neutral on the chapter. And I think the majority response I got from people, I'll try and look it up in a second, but the majority response I got was, um, it's bad, but it's not series ruining for yeah. the last chapter. And I think that's really sad in a meta sense of like, so many people were looking forward to this for so long, myself included, like everyone was really excited for this. It was kind of at the top of like discussion points for the whole community. It like really took the world by storm. And I think it's sad to see it go out in such a way. So like, yeah. I do feel bad for a lot of the people who were being like let down by the chapter. But I think in any context of like, kind of like, jumping through hoops to try and convince yourself of like why something will happen that probably won't happen. I'm talking about before it even came out. I think that's kind of funny, no matter what the topic is, like no matter what it is, because like we've all been there at some point, like I've talked myself through multiple hoops of like stuff I thought was happening. I actually have kind of spoilers, kind of spoilery example that I can't go into too much detail with, but like Back when IQ was publishing, um, there was like this section of chapters where like it completely threw everyone for a loop, like nothing, like nothing we'd seen before. You know, yeah. Attack on Titan is used to plot twists. This was like a high Q plot twist. And we're not used to that. And I was coping so hard. I was like, this is a dream. Like this entire segment is a dream. It's like this. None of this is happening. It's a simulation. We're in the Matrix. And it ended up being like of course, like not a dream. This actually happened, but it worked out better in the long run. So like the end game was good, but in the moment, me and my friend, Joey, like the DMS, I was sending him of like, okay, this is a dream. It's going to go back to this. And this is why it's happening. Like absolute madman, like 
ridiculous stuff. I probably looked worse than anyone who was coping with the attack on Titan last couple chapters. So we've yeah. all been there. There's no judgment, no like, no disrespect. We've just all been there before. Yeah, I think the problem with this, specifically with the attack on Titan example is that they've they're they're still not accepting the reality, yeah. and it just still yeah. keeps attack going. Attack on Titan Requiem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they've they've come they've uh, made it a mission to uh, make their own ending, which you know that's not great. Fine as, like it's fine as fan fiction, but I think the the way they present some of them present it as like we're fixing the ending or like this is the true ending that fans deserve. That's a bit um, condescending and insulting, you know. Yeah, but there are there examples of copium where like people can't like accept like maybe it's not in regards to an ending, but like can't accept the the actual like. I don't know, uh, context or content of a certain arc or, or a certain character that might like be a certain way and they kind of try to rationalize it as something else when textually it like there's all this evidence pointing to it and yeah. then they're just like, no, it's it's this. I'm being very vague, but I'm just like trying to I feel like there's an so example. many I feel like there are a lot of characters that I could think of, but like I'm not sure I can't think of one specifically because I know like I would think of so many examples like not under pressure but i feel like there's just like you see a lot of like fan defense or discourse around someone and you're like this is just like not really adding up like this is just doesn't seem to add up i think um something i seem i don't think this counts per se as copium but you can tell there's like a bit of like weirdness i don't know it's like whenever i see in like hunter hunter discourse um i see people talking about how like Jin is like the worst father of all time, like yeah. all time worst dad. Put, a, put up, put him up with like Show Tucker, all these people who have done like literally hurt their kids, hurt, killed, tortured, whatever, like all of these people. And they'll defend like Killua's dad who like canonically tortured all of his kids as like their upbringing. Meanwhile, yeah. Jin just kind of like left gone with his aunt, which is like abandonment, but not necessarily like physically torturing or hurting him. And you'll still see people kind of like react as if he is on the same level as people torturing, killing, whatever, their kids. And it's like, don't really think these two things line up, but that's like a bit more on the level of like, I think that's a bit more on the level of just like, I the way I think of it is I think people have a lot more abandonment issues in life than they are getting tortured. So it's easier to like feel hurt by that. Yeah. So I think that's what they react to. It's more, more relatable in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but like, I get what you're saying to put them in the pantheon of, uh, terrible dads that have tortured and done yeah. far worse things. It's like, it's, it's not exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know, most of it is like Jing is a bad dad, but again, it's, it's more on a realistic level. It's not to that, yeah. like, you know, that, that level of evil, but also mm -hmm. part of it is also like a joke, you know, it's like, kind of like Goku's a bad dad. Although Jing yeah. is kind of more directly a bad dad than, yeah. than Goku. Yeah. But. I say yeah. that like Jing is a bad dad, but like he's not necessarily a bad person based on like his his uh, accomplishments as a hunter. You know, he just like uh, he completely failed at the dad role, but that doesn't necessarily make him like a bad human. Yeah, yeah, like it 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 kind of reminds me of like shows where they kind of uh, whether it's um, female characters or male characters, they split up like you know the the person as uh, a daughter, as a mother, mm -hmm. as a. Yeah as a human being and they might be great yeah. at these other things like, Oh, they're, you know, they're a great scientist or they're a great, whatever, but yeah, they're not a great mother or they failed in this area. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. It's like sometimes they shouldn't have taken on that role, but they might have like, you know, positive contributions outside. So like it's a bit different with that. Um, I do think there was like specific character. I think the whole like actually I don't want to get into that one too much. The um, I think to some degree, do it. some of the discourse we see with the like. She's a 900 year old vampire and a 10 year old body okay so like it's fair game i think sometimes that gets a bit on the copium levels but not necessarily like all the time like you know it's kind of a funny meme but sometimes you see the way you see some people defend stuff it's like like a funny meme at this point because Mm -hmm. of like how much to sometimes it's (laughs) you know uh defended and it's like come on man um but i get it but i get like that gets to that copium level but what about like uh when people like um, kind of project their own feelings onto a work to kind of interpret it a certain way when it's yeah. not really like, like actually what happened, but it's kind of how they see it that way. And then they just kind of like keep defending that that is how it is, but they've sort yeah. of, you get what I'm saying? Or Yeah. I've seen that so many times where people are like, actually, well, this thing happened with me. So that's why this work is like that. And you're like, that doesn't really match up. Like I respect to you if that's what you connected with, but like, that's not actually what happened like in the context, like in a literal sense. Do you have examples of that? Uh, I feel like I'm trying to think uh, of some examples regarding that. I'm like, like, for example, I think it's really like a show that it's probably easy to do that with. Although it, I don't know a specific example. I think it would be uh, Nana. Cause it's so like oh, close to like real life. So I could see people just really like projecting their if own that feelings. that was me. Yeah, interpreting yeah. the situation. But I'm trying I to think of- like- Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, no. Um, I think you could go with like Neon Genesis Evangelion too. Of like- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone with Shinji where they're like, okay, like, yeah, he's 14 depressed and doesn't know how to pilot this scary robot to save the world in like 15 seconds. But uh, if that was me, I would have done it cause I'm built different, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like Evangelion a lot of times is like, it's easy to sort of like purposely misunderstand or misconstrue or sort of like miss the point because then you're mm-hmm. just like, uh, you know, this kid sucks or he's not doing what he's like, you know, what I would be doing at 14 or they like interpret it differently. But like Evangelion sometimes also gets like so abstract at some points that like it does lend itself to like different interpretations. There are just some that like completely miss the point. Yeah, definitely. I'm also looking at the chat here and uh, not anime, but Panic said the hardest I and an entire fan base ever coped was a Mass Effect 3 ending. I've uh, heard of that and how bad it was, but I forget why it's bad. Yeah, I never got into the series because when I was interested in it, it was like still around Mass Effect 2 and then 3 came out and then I was like, all right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't jump in. Yeah. Um Star Wars The Last Jedi and I say that as someone who doesn't... Oh, okay, so Star Wars The Last Jedi is an example of like extreme copium yeah Uh, i heard that i feel like the last three star wars films are kind of like they lead to a lot of copium but like i just don't know why i just don't know i didn't see any of them so i guess that's kind of weird but like i just never really felt a need to see them uh you've seen none of the new trilogy no you're good yeah thanks (laughs) i thought it was was a form of self-care like i don't like it when people kind of like brag about not doing things because like sometimes it's kind of lame like when people brag about like how they're never going to watch something as like a form of you know like how cool i am but 
I just never felt compelled to watch the new Star Wars. Like, yeah, if you want I mean, to, I, that's good, but I'm good. <laughs> a friend told us recently, like, recently, like, oh, I haven't watched Star Wars yet, and then we like freaked out. We're like, how have you not watched Star Wars? And then he was like, no, no, I mean the new trilogy. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're good, you're fine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you watch, yeah. you're set. Yeah. Like that's when you're like, yeah, I think I'm okay. I watched yeah. the old ones and the prequels because the prequels came out when I was a kid. Like I saw one in theaters, so I'm like, this Same. is Star. This is just Star Wars as I know it. Um, Same. You know, it was it was a fun time getting to experience it. Even though as a kid, I didn't understand how bad it was to other people. Yeah. Know? So I think there are some redeeming qualities to the prequels that I think like we all like low key agree with secretly, but the the fun of making fun of them is too much to like really go into that. I just found out recently, like my friend told me he knew this for a long time, but I just found out recently that Ewan McGregor, who played Obi-Wan in the prequels, like every time he was like doing the lightsabers, like in like filming, he would always make the sound as he was doing it because he was like really into it. So in the actual movie, they had to turn up the sound effects to cover up him (laughs) making the sounds. I love that. I think think that's amazing. That's just good. That makes them good on its own. Like that it's good now. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else the chat says. Uh, ship coping is astronomically high. Oh, that's the one. That's the one where it gets kind of wild. That's where I've seen people really start like rejecting reality. And it's so like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like. How do you how do you feel about ships? How, so I like ships a lot. I think they're really fun. I think it's fun when. um. I think there's like good examples where it's like, you know, you can appreciate the characters and their dynamics more because of ships. And um, I mean, there's also a difference between like canonical romances that are confirmed, you know, Mm -hmm. like canonical couples, like they exist in the series or the kind of the point or they're like a subplot of the point, like they exist canonically in the series. And then there's kind of like fandom shipping of like, hey, it would be cool if these guys got together or like, you know, the series does not allow them to exist as a couple. But if it did, here's how these two people would work. Like, I think that's a really fun thought exercise. I think it's a fun way to engage in a series. And I do think like I've grown to love series because of shipping more just because I like think it helps me like think about the whole series as a whole more. And I kind of appreciate it more. But there's like a difference between the two. And sometimes if you're like, so the, this ship that I enjoy thinking about, seeing fan art of, reading of like theor- theorizing, whatever, that like thought exercise is not necessarily in the actual series. Like there's a difference and sometimes you can't conflate the two because it's like, you know, maybe there are some hints here of that happening, but that doesn't mean it literally happened. And I see that with a lot of fandoms where it's like, they have their one ship and it's being either like rejected or, um, you know, it's not being portrayed in the series. And then they freak out because they're like, yo, my ship is being like, they had this ship in the show and now they're not doing it. And you're like, okay, but that was like, not real. Like that's just yeah. like, not I, a thing. I think that's the problem when they like mm-hmm. get mad that it's not happening when there was nothing like, no evidence, nothing mm-hmm. setting up that ship. Sometimes they, those characters never even interacted. Yeah. And but then in it's, their like, head, it's like, this is a true romantic relationship. And it's like, and I think people sometimes go overboard on hating ships. Like, I think people really do go overboard on hating ship culture because there's either the one side where um, 
you know, they just hate it in general. And it's kind of like, get over yourself. People are just going to interfere. The, you know, they're going to engage in the fandom however way they want. Like, no one's yeah. telling you what to do. Don't tell them what to do. But then there's the other side of like, sometimes it's like a lot, some like subtle homophobia where they're like, oh, I hate these shippers. The shippers are ruining everything. And it's like, realistically, like if the people are really that invested, um, they're probably buying merchandise of your series and, you know, helping it succeed. So like, that's not bite the hand that feeds us kind of thing. But, yeah. you know, a lot of times I think that there's like a lot of toxicity more against shippers than the other way around. But I have seen some shippers that just seem to go like way crazy. And then they start sending the creators death threats for like no reason. Just gets kind of wild. So like, yeah, I feel like, again, for the shippers, there's probably those one like few standout examples that have gone really extreme and have given like all of them a bad name. So people have gone overboard yeah. and hating them. But pretty much probably the rest of them aren't that extreme. Um, yeah, so. like I, re you know, not to like diss other fandoms because like you want to be self-critical of my own fandoms that I enjoy just to show it's not like not hating on specific series. But I remember hearing back when like Promare was still um, in theaters, when they were still doing showings of it, that they had this like, like viewing guide. So people would like start chant, like cheering at the screen as if it was like an idol event. So they yeah. had like cue cards for like what to say and when, and I'm yeah. not sure how widespread this was. Like it could have been, you know, 20 theaters doing this or maybe 10, maybe even just one. But like I saw it and it was kind of like ridiculous. It was just like ridiculous stuff. And I think there was a lot of like shipping related things that they were chanting back at the screen. And that I think that's a form of being just like way too deep into it. Cause like people are not paying 20 bucks to go see a movie with you chanting in the background, like stay home, do that. Like, I remember that being something that was like, okay, this is when we've gone too far. Unless that's part of the experience, unless that's the event, you know? Uh, yeah, but it was like not a that was like not a formal because I know they, part they, of it. Yeah. they do that with uh, I don't know if they I guess they still do that with the room. You know, they like people go to the theater to kind of like throw the spoon at the screen and like, oh, really? Kinda, yeah. Oh, like I was reading exactly. it like they made an experience like it's such a cult thing that like they they laugh at all the jokes. They do like a certain thing. It's all like part of the experience. But I'm pretty sure this is not that. So probably not. That sounds awesome, though. That sounds like awesome copium. Uh, let's see. Crimson in the chat says, I don't mind shipping, but I don't do it much myself because I like seeing the dynamics between characters in question. Play it on the, play out in the series alone, which itself can be engaging on its own. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah. we all know Hachiman belongs with Iroha. Yeah. Cope panic. Cope. Cope harder. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, I actually don't know much about Hollow Knight. So the is ultimate like copium or something. Cause it's like a, that probably is a sequel or something. I think, yeah. So the That's comment here is the ultimate copium is Hollow Knight players still thinking Silk Song is coming out. So I guess that's the, the sequel. Yeah. Um, you know, I felt that way about Kingdom Hearts for a few years, you know, I was it like, was just not coming out. I was waiting for three. It's like, you know, and I felt that way about the last Ava movie for a few years too. <laughs> that's like, what I was thinking. It's weird. Cause that was like a form of copium of like, it's coming out. And then like, no, it actually did come out. So see us Nana fans are mature enough to just not even, we're not even hoping we're just like, it comes out when it comes out. If it doesn't, we're good. I, that's how you've achieved like inner peace. When you become a fan of so many series on hiatus that you're like, there's no need for copium or hopium. I just exist in the present and that's all that matters. That sounds like a good meditation exercise. Yeah. Uh, T says in the chat, the only time I can think of shippers that were angry for justifiable reasons was in Voltron. Um, I actually never checked out Voltron. Did you? No. Is this like 
This sounds was like good. kind of, was Voltron just actually like so I like when I hear Voltron, I think of like old Transformers, honestly. <laughs> like so I'm like, I just think of like older Transformers stuff. And I'm like, why I feel like we're talking about Western cartoons, but I know we're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it is uh, Western. It was an older cartoon. It's no 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 Western, the the newer Voltron that was on Netflix. That like five seasons. Okay, so I was half wrong and half right. But is it just like what's is it good? What is it? Well, I never watched it, but it had like five seasons. It was sort of like, uh, how do I describe it? Because um, there was, there's been like a lot of like anime inspired yeah, shows yeah. that had a run on Netflix, kind of like Castlevania. Yeah, um, yeah. So Voltron had its own like thing. Um, I think some of it was like sent to Korea to be animated or something like okay. that. But long story short, it did run for like five seasons and I heard it was like really good, but I never actually got into it. So what um, can they do? Who brought brought that up cypher i guess cypher oh can, yeah let me see that was, oh no not cypher no, no that it was, was t can they bring up like a, i mean like maybe spoil i don't care that much but maybe not spoiler like why is it okay to be mad at the ships what happened with yeah ships? elaborate fill us in for us uh we're curious we don't know anything yeah. about it unless they mean like the physical ships and not the like literal ships you know like when people are like what's your favorite ship and then it's like oh i like going oh, there we go uh, class fact elaborates here and says Voltron got a remake by the studio that did Korra. See, I knew it was related to something. Yeah. Oh, Korra. That's a lot of copium. That was, <laughs> that was some ship copium. Oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> wait, do you remember? Okay. OG avatar where, who did you, who was your ship? Cause oh, like, ship. I got everything I wanted at the end of OG avatar. I was happy. Okay. So you were an Ang Katara shipper. Yeah. I was happy okay. with that. Were you okay. not? I was at the time because like I was because I didn't even really think about it. Like when I was watching it as like a kid, I was just like, yeah, like the ships are going. And then I kind of like came back to it like 10 years later, learning about how mad people were that like Zuko and Katara didn't get together. Yeah. And I rewatched it. I've seen, rewatched it multiple times, but like I rewatched it and I was like, you know, I see the lines. I can see why people would be mad, but knowing how it ends up, I'm cool with it. But I could go either way on it. Yeah, I, I mean, like. When I first heard of that years later, I also was like, what's the whole thing with this ship? I never even saw this, whatever. And then again, I rewatched a few episodes. Same thing. I'm like, oh, okay. They could have gone that way. It yeah. could have been interesting, but I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It, it yeah. has some merit. Yeah. Um, like I'm not against it. I'm definitely, I could go either way and defending or criticizing either, but as it stands, I'm cool with how it played out. Um, yeah. Also, I, I do want to address, uh, Jamie Gidley in the chat says, no, the ultimate copium is a song of fire and ice fans thinking wins will ever hit 10 years and still waiting. I am waiting. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come too. out. I hope. I got to believe. Got to believe. <laughs> I mean, I really don't care at this point, but like, you know, I'd read it if it came out, if yeah. it ever came out. But I, I just say, listen, he's living his best life. He's prioritizing he's everything happy, else. Happy. He's literally like every time. Someone asked Shaw to watch One Piece and she adds on a day. Every time they ask him to bring out this fucking book, he's just like, oh, I got this other deal to do. I'm going to do that instead. So he's just adding it on. If I was paid to watch One Piece the way he's paid to read the game, I would be watching One Piece 24-7, though, to be fair. It's true. But he does write like 2,000, 3,000 page manuscripts. Yeah. And uh, it does take him a while. Uh, T gives us context. 
to give context, people who were working on the show kind of baited fans into some ships, but then they never happened. Okay, this happened with Gintama too, but like we knew they wouldn't happen, but we still hoped. That was a copium. I had a strong copium with some Gintama ships actually, but like the entire fandom is kind of like on the same page and agreeing that like, at least like one of the ships which like actively like kind of explored so it's not like us making it up like they have it as like a mini plot point and yeah. we're like now nah, this needed to happen like immediate top one if it happened absolutely robbed like missed gr- missed opportunity everyone knows what i'm talking about but man you sound like like it hurts it did <laughs> hurt because like i didn't come up with their this idea they did i was like you started it like Finish it through. Follow. So it was through. actually it was actually in Gintama, like 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 this ship. You could see it happening. Yeah. For real, or was yeah. it because fans brought it up? No, yeah. it was like a plot point. Oh. No, well, it was that like sucks. a mini plot point. Like I think we were all on the same level of like this could go either way. We know that the focus is not on romance and the uh, mangaka um, Sorachi. He's like, I don't like writing romance. He still did it though, but like I kind of knew like. If a couple was getting together, it meant one of them was probably going to die. So, like, he only kind of used, like, romance as, like, a source of, like, human conflict and tragedy in the series. Yeah. But, like, they could have been happy. We You set it up. Like, we know what you did. Like, stop it. It was so terrible. Everyone knows. That's Everyone like someone. Ex- yeah, that's like someone expecting romance out of Haikyuu. Well, it was, like, in Haikyuu, like, there's dead-ass no romance. Like, there's yeah. literally zero rom- romance, like. They, they didn't have that. In Gintama, like, one of the characters' feelings for another was, like, a plot point they explored. Like, that was, like, a part of their character. They have confirmed it. Like, it's in the show. So, like, there was yeah. a bit more reason. Okay, it was more direct. It was more, yeah. like, it's as if they aborted it. It was, like, all right, it might lead to this way. And it was, like, nah, never yeah. mind. And I'm not, like, su- I'm not, like, super against it. Like, Gintama's still a favorite. But I was, like, what could have been? Yeah. I mean, like, I heard, like... What do you think about this, actually, in regards to Nana? I don't think this is a big spoiler, but I was like when I was reading it, I did hear some people feel like they were like little a little queer baited with the whole uh, Hachi and Nana dynamic early on that kind of fizzled out later. Like, um, I don't know. I feel like I can. Like, do you feel like that, that was actually a thing or do you feel like nah? I don't know, because like, I mean, for all we know. The ending that has never come out could be those two ending up together, them realizing they don't need these other relationships that have caused them so much pain because this relationship is the most important in their life. So for all we know, the end game, which we could I could reasonably see be the two Nanas um, reconciling at the end could be them getting back together. So I think that's one of those cases where, like, you know, there's such a mess with everything, like everything in the series is a mess. Like, I don't think they're trying to bait us. They're just, you know. They're trying to live life and have some kind of natural progression. And it could have been Endgame. I think we did talk about this. But yeah, okay. That makes sense. Is that how you feel? Yeah. I mean, like anything could happen. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like it did fizzle out. I just feel like life got in the way. So, you know, I feel like there's... You know what did fizzle out? The actual manga. Because there's no chapters being made. So that's where it's like... like, (laughs) It's up to say this one specific aspect fizzled out when the entire thing fizzled out. But that's where I kind of get in this... um, Like in terms of shipping... I think of there are a lot of times where people get really hung up on like the romantic nature of relationships instead of like how important the relationship is. And I think sometimes it's more important or more fulfilling to think about like 
how important is this relationship in that character's life, romantic or not? You know, like with the two Nanas, it's clear that their relationship is what they value the most over every other relationship. They find the most meaning in their relationship. They care about each other the most. So like, even if they're romantic or not, this is their most important relationship. And I think that's cool to think about instead of the like, will they, won't they in this yeah. manga that's been on hiatus for so long. Panic is like, is this real time cope? It might be real time cope. Maybe. <laughs> You're seeing it in action. We came here to like discuss coping. others coping and we just ended up coping. It wouldn't be fair to call people out for coping if you were not also coping. I think we're all secretly coping. Um, <laughs> Panic did say, cannot wait for the Elden Ring cope. It's going to be nonsense, but it's going to get tens all around. That's, uh, you know about Elden Ring, right? Yeah. Does that mean, Panic, do you think that it's just going to not be, like, good or, like, the story won't be good and people are just going to give it a 10 because of who's working on it? Or do you think, like, you know, what's the, what is the source of said cope? <laughs> In terms of back to, like, copium and, like, arguments and stuff like that, like, what do you think... I guess like in discourse and stuff, like when you're, when you're talking and stuff, like what makes a sound argument and when does that start to go off the rails? I guess it, <laughs> does it have to do more with projecting or, um, I think it comes into how do you defend something that to many people seems like a flaw and might not be a flaw to you, but you can recognize why it's a flaw to them and why you try How do you reconcile this one element as like, it exists and it doesn't offend me, but like, that's why it is. This is the way, this is why it exists. Um, so going away from my usual example, since we talked about it a bit before, um, well, in the pre-show a bit, I'm going back to yeah. mine of, um, I hear a lot of complaints with Steinsgate, my favorite for the character Rukia, Ruka, not Rukia, that's Bleach, Ruka, yeah. Luca, um, as like, uh, I've heard some people have complaints with them as like, a portrayal of like a trans character and I've heard everything from they're not supposed to be trans. They're supposed to be like a gay male who felt like the only way for their opinion for their feelings for Okabe to be um, reciprocated would be to change their genders. Cause they just, you know, at Japan is very conservative. They're not very like, they're not welcoming of a lot of gay relationships, at least when Steinsgate came out back in, Oh, nine and a bit ago, like definitely was the case then very not yeah. like receptive to that. So th I've heard that I've heard that they're not really supposed to be a trans character. They're supposed to represent the like, I know it's, it's definitely considered more offensive now, but they like um, trap trope, so to speak. I think there's another, there's definitely another word for it, but I forget the exact one. I'll say like cross dresser, but like fully recognizing that a lot of people consider trap to be offensive and I'm not trying to use it offensively, but yeah, I know yeah. that. You know, that's just trying to identify it, but, you know. Um, and then just, like, all sorts of different defenses. Um, I kind of feel like I probably have to read the visual novel to see it full in real time, but I do think that there is no intention of portraying them in a negative or detrimental way to trans individuals. I think thought it was trying to be really, like, I, they were there was an attempt to be like really thoughtful and get in their head and get in that perspective but i think it didn't really age well because it came out a bit ago and like a lot of social change has been very drastic so yeah. there's just like so many different ways i could see it happening but i've while i've heard a lot of criticism for their character in their portrayal i've also heard a lot of people like 
identify with them who are like who are trans who are bi who are like different like you know people who are questioning their gender identity just a lot of like mismatch of opinions so sometimes i see it's like people will be like well how do you defend the problematic aspects and i'm like um it's not really that black and white but i guess some of that answers could be like coping like seeming like i'm coping through it because i do think it could be a bit better but like i'm still just kind of torn on what to make of it but i i appreciate the what i think is the intent behind it which was to be thoughtful and empathetic even if that wasn't like achieved to the best degree that it could be yeah and actually uh well one thing on that i think a lot of it probably does come down to like you said the time period it was you know it's not super dated but now maybe it might be a little dated like more than 10 years ago and yeah it's one of the top anime so you still have new fans entering the medium that are experiencing it now for the first time so to them it's like why is this like this exactly um but then also uh in regards to what you said what is what is your stance generally on like uh like like in a show uh kind of reconciling things that you know might not be perfectly done well i know you were just talking about this but like do you feel like you should take the time to think about it or you should just be like, if I don't have an answer, I don't need to think about it and then kind of leave it like that. Or do you feel more inclined to do that because it's your favorite, because it's so high up, you know? Um, I think it's like just, it's a combination of like, it wasn't an issue to me the first time I watched it. And then when I would talk to some people about it, they'd bring up their issue. And I was like, okay, it didn't bother me partially because like I'm not in the same pers- position as you, but also when I saw it the first time, this is how I interpreted it. And then it would lead down that way. I mean, yeah. I don't think I need to like be like, Hey guys, I like Steins Gate, but I swear I'm not like, you know, I swear <laughs> I'm not transphobic. Like, you know, I don't think, um, like, I don't think you have to be like that overt about it. Like hopefully people are down for the conversation and don't like, if people are going to view you poorly, no matter what your favorite series is, I feel like that's kind of a shut door conversation before it even happens. But yeah. if people are willing to have like a conversation about it, I think it's totally like fair to just say like, it didn't really bother me for these reasons, but I get why it bothers you. Um, yeah. It's kind of like what we were talking about with, I think Made in Abyss is another good one. Like we've talked about how uncomfortable the random, like, I don't even know if they're jokes. It's like comments. <laughs> that's the weird thing to me. It's like, they're just like random comments of like, What's the the go to, the pop a pole the go to like so unnecessary yeah. kind of completely like you could kind of just completely remove that stuff from the content from the series and nothing of value would be lost. Yeah. But I think you brought up like yeah this is like really uncomfortable and I'm really uncomfortable by this and I don't know why they're doing it and I was like yeah definitely understand it didn't get me as much because I always kind of took it as like kids being uncomfortably authentic kids. Yeah. But I think there's a good room for like that to just not exist. Like they still feel like kids with and without the awkward comments. Yeah. I mean, I, I did, I was more on the camp with the, uh, uh, in the, with the TV series. Like I overlooked it. Didn't really bother me. It was sort of like, Oh, you know, it gives more of an authentic feel to them being kids, Mm -hmm. whatever it is a little, whatever, but I moved on, you know, the story was so good, but then in the movie, (laughs) I couldn't overlook it. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know, man. This is more, know, way man. more in my face. <laughs> yeah. This is way I, more like, it makes me like think like, uh, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. Like, why is this here? Like, it's a little much, yeah. but yeah. You know, and it could have been maybe uh, the time I was watching it. Maybe the, you know, the time and place, maybe I'll rewatch it and I'll still be like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. If you can cope through them hard enough, but I think that's fair. Like, 
I think it's totally fair because it's so weird, but I don't know. I think it's a matter of trying to see like, how is this weird thing used? You know, like what's yeah. the, what was their intention behind it? Like the made an abyss thing. Like, I think they were trying to make them feel like authentic kids or yeah. like, I think that's what they were going for. You know, as we can, yeah. this will be a comment later, but like, I don't really know the author's intention. Cause like, I don't know them. None yeah. of we don't know them, but like, that's the perceived intention I got. They could probably do without them. Like they could yeah. probably be, probably be better without them. But like, yeah, I don't know. That one's, that one's just I mean, so weird. I'm still going to watch the sequel. Like I remember after yeah. finishing the movie, I still went to go wiki the manga. Cause I'm just like, I need to know. I need to know. Uh, I need to know what's down in the abyss. Um, T had asked earlier, what about the side of the gay shipping people who hope characters are gay for the sake of representation? Not saying that as a bad thing, by the way. I think we did cover this a little earlier, right? Did we? Kind of, yeah. I think it's totally. We touched on it. I think it's like an unfortunate cope that, like, some. I think it's an unfortunate cope of there, like, probably not being enough, well, definitely not being enough representation that they kind of have, that people get attached to what they perceive to be representation. And then when that doesn't end up happening, then they're like, let down by something that wasn't necessarily promised but hinted at and then it kind of becomes a whole mess but i think it's totally fair to have those feelings it just might not be totally fair to expect it to happen canonically which is why i think it's so cool that you can do like fan shipping on the side and like engage in that aspect even if it does or doesn't happen in the like actual series i didn't think of this then but i do feel like some of the fans of sound euphonium are a bit justified yeah. With that Reina Kumiko ship, how it was handled in the third movie, Chikai yeah. no finale. Yeah. And like how they um, just suddenly like, you know, which was closer to the novels, but then it just kind of and then sucked. It's like, then it's know. like a reflection of like the first season and first and second season both, but first season more so where they like made them their dynamic like really intimate and like seemingly romantic, very intense ro dynamic. So like. Of course, you're going to expect that. And then you find out, oh, wait a minute, the like novels are adapting are a bit different. And then you're like, okay, well, what's going on? And I see people either, I don't know how, but like, I feel like people don't really hold the people who are let down. I don't think they hold the series accountable as much as they should, you know? Like, yeah. it seems like there's blame everywhere, but like, how about like the actual creators of the series for kind of establishing that this dynamic that might not happen, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I always felt like weirded out in season two when like Raina's talking about her crush on the teacher. And I'm like, but like, no, I don't care about that. That's not a <laughs> compelling plot point. We're here for you and Kumiko. Like, when is that happening? And then it's like, okay, I guess. Okay, whatever. But. Yeah. Uh, let me just uh, address uh, Muscart said in the chat, when fans start talking about the author's intentions, when they have no yeah. way of knowing the author's intentions is when the coping yeah. becomes insane. When you're like speculating over the author. Yeah. Parasocial relationships are one hell of a drug. You know, I see so much of it. Like I've seen a lot of it recently with just people like. Per but is I it, is it, sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Is it really a parasocial relationship, though, in terms of like an author? Because I get to get more with like, you know, just uh, with online. Because like, you don't really see the author like face to face. You're kind of just reading his stuff through his work and kind of assuming like who he is. Well, I think it counts because it's kind of like you're assuming. Well, I was laughing because I thought you were going to say, is it really a relationship if they've never talked to you before? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. And I was like, good points. But um, 
No, I mean, I think it still counts because like the way I've seen some people like talk about certain creators creators also just based off like interviews and certain things they've done like panels interviews written work like anything they'll take like anything that they've said and they'll like perceive that as like the individual themselves and they'll be like yeah this is like this is what they believe in this is what their values are and it's like you don't really know this person you know I've seen a lot of stuff just in terms of like this person did a b and c therefore they're a good or a bad person and like it's kind of tough. it's kind of necessary, but tough to remind people that like we don't actually know these people. Like someone who made you feel good through their work is not necessarily a good person. Like yeah, it's true. Something, and I think it gets really dangerous because people not dangerous, actually dangerous. Yeah, but it just gets really tough because it's like people per like prescribe these values to people they don't know just because they like their stuff, and yeah. then if it doesn't, they don't live up to their expectations and they feel really let down, but like none of this really existed in the first place. You know, you kind of made it up. Like you are kind of like, maybe it's hopium. Maybe this is the hopium instead of the copium, but like you're hoping that they live up to that, but it's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. That's a tough thing. Cause a lot of times like an author could write something that you really like. Uh, and now, especially now where we become more of a transparent era, once you find out like, how they really are and it doesn't match up to the work it's like you're either disappointed or you know you have a hard time separating the work from the author and it's like yeah. it's a whole other thing but i think yeah. i have been guilty of doing that with uh hideaki you know <laughs> with his life and everything because he documented so much of it but yeah usually now like if i try to like assume something i try to just like look up like a quote or like actually see if it's like sourced something yeah. that like he said but even then like you can't really know for sure because like what's one quote versus like you know a bunch of others like what he actually thinks and like you can't just piece it all together unless you interviewed him and like legit asked him but yeah. even then you don't fully know him you know yeah um i think it's also totally fair to still kind of like like the persona behind the person who who work it is but like i think it's also fair for them to just kind of like exist and not necessarily be a good person you know as a kanye west fan i am used to the copium the hopium the everything the like you know kanye has just kanye has gone through like 20 different careers and one of like every different perspective so like i'm not really too concerned if kanye west is a good person or not i don't think that's something that is as important as like the work that he makes and i think that's just kind of how i view creators as a whole like i don't really care about the the creators themselves as much as the work they make. And yeah. like, I don't want to support pe- like creators who are like aggressively breaking the law. Like, I don't want to, I'm not looking for like the worst people out there. And I'm like, well, you made something. So like, you're good. But like, I don't, I'm not morality checking every creator of the work. I'm okay. So I have out. to ask you this because I recently talked about this with a friend. Uh, would you go to a Chick-fil-A? Would you have their oh. product? Oh, I remember because like back when, oh yeah, the Chick-fil-A thing. I think yeah. I did. So fun fact, I never actually went to Chick-fil-A that much because I didn't live near one. So I yeah. didn't grow okay. up with it as much, but I did go to Chick-fil-A when they had their whole scandal. I thought, I think it's like yeah. funny how everyone is kind of like Chick-fil-A is kind of homophobic, but yeah, it's a good, I mean, like good I customer. know people, well, mm-hmm. that one friend and someone else that I talked to too, that just won't go to Chick-fil-A because of that moral Thing. Yeah, you know they don't want to support I think it's it. Fair, yeah, I yeah. think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't have an issue yeah. with it, but like for me, I'm like, yeah, but 
their chicken sandwiches are, are good. You know, yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. know. Like, does that make me a bad person? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so, but it, it's something to think about. <laughs> yeah, I think it just has to be like a personal choice kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's like whatever you're comfortable with, I guess. You know. Yeah, like, I don't know. I get like, so, I get so torn on it, too, because like, I don't know, like I was it's the whole like um, knowing how kind of like ridiculous JK Rowling is with everything. Do you still watch Harry Potter? And it's like the way I think it's like Harry Potter has been in my life, like more than JK Rowling's most recent statements. And I never watched read Harry Potter because of JK Rowling. So it feels weird not to watch it because of her, even though like, I'm not going out of my way to support her, but like if it's Harry Potter weekend and there's nothing else to watch, like, I'm probably watching Harry Potter. Well, I think one J.K. Rowling, obviously conjecture, but I, you know, my speculation yeah. is she became crazy post Harry Potter success yeah. much later. You know, maybe she wasn't like that before. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe she always had those beliefs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know her, but two, I think like the problem with the work is if at some point, like if Harry Potter very clearly, very directly yeah. became about her then, yeah. you know, it's no longer Harry Potter. It's no longer a story. Yeah. It's no longer a fictional world she's crafting. It's about her. And then that's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really true. Um, Yeah, I'm not re- reading. What is it? The like wild beast and whatever bullshit. Yeah, not not checking that out. We're good. Uh, In the chat, this is totally off topic. But is that a ping pong table behind Shaw? Yeah. Ping, pong ping pong stream when? That would be great. I'm down. Ping pong tournament. The ping pong tournament. I will lose, but I'm down for ping pong dark tournament saga. Ding dark tournament arc. No, yes. I think you'll do good. Don't doubt yourself. I'll train. <laughs> You're gonna uh, have to train for Jeopardy. Yeah, the Maiden Abyss mangaka is just very sus in general, says Muska Art in chat. I've heard that, and that's probably like yeah. Yeah. maybe that's why like I had kind of heard like murmurs of that susness, yeah. like like way later because I watched the series like early on. And then when I got around to the movie, I had that susness in the back of my mind. <laughs> and I was just like, Inception of susness. Why is this here? Is, is, is it what they're saying true? Yeah. Um, Cypher says, maybe fan fiction is the ultimate form of copium. I think that's true. I think it can be true, but I, it's so funny because I've read fan fiction where it's been like obviously a copium of like ships that didn't happen. And then sometimes it's also like expanding the work that's on hiatus or will never continue, which is still copium. But like I've seen very interesting applications of fan fiction for better or worse. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I mean, fan fiction is some type of copium, <laughs> Yeah, but it's a creative I, outlet, yeah. you know? I remember, this is like so embarrassing, but I remember when um, Fifty Shades of Grey came out as like a thing, like a book when like girls would like so go out and start buying it. And it was like a mainstream thing even before yeah. the movies came out. And I realized that like I read it as like the fan fiction for Twilight back when it was just Twilight fan fiction. And it yeah. was called Master of the Universe, I think. And huh. I read, and when I read it, it was like still bad, but it was also like, significantly shorter so i would like just say like oh yeah i read like 50 shades of gray and they're like and they would like ask me like oh like what about this part and it was something that wasn't in the fan fiction but was in the extended like novels and i was like oh shit like they like i didn't read all of that so I'm <laughs> but i didn't want to tell people i read the attack the didn't i read the uh um, original twilight fan fiction yeah yeah so i was like ah 
I mean, I don't know. I, I think I like read a few Ava fanfics back in the day, like when I was a lot younger because yes. of like stuff that didn't happen in the show. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And I read some fanfics and I'm like, yeah, that was coping. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's always just like you want more of the original thing. And there, if there's no more of it, then you're like, okay, I see more. Yeah, I think I feel like I'm trying to think of it like it could be coping. It could be something else. But every time I try to think of another example, I still think it's coping because you want more. You know, it's like you're, yeah. you're coping with a loss. Like you might have been satisfied with the show, satisfied with the ending. But yeah. the fact that you want more and can't deal with it, you know, is a form yeah. of like coping it like for its loss. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Like unless you like really like the world and maybe the world building, you want to kind of set something in that similar world. Well, I think this is the difference between just engaging in more like fan contact fan content and copium is like you need that self-delusion into thinking it's real like when you read fan fiction and you're like okay this is not literally evangelion this is evangelion fan fiction that's a big difference from this is the true ava ending this literally happens like this is what should have happened this is like the canon content that should have existed like yes. that's the difference is like when you're like nope this is the gospel. And you're like, nope, a 14-year-old wrote that on their computer. <laughs> like, That's not the same no, thing. That 14-year-old was God breathed into him, divine inspiration. <laughs> and he came up with the true title. It was a revelation. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, hey, the Ava one standing, really stand out for that one. Class Facts said, all you need to know is that Kanye likes, likes Akira, so he's based. He is. I agree. I agree uh, with his takes, too. Was, was his latest album good, Shaw? It was. Donda was good. I like Really? It. I heard the opposite. That's <laughs> what you I don't know. It sounded like um to me it was like a mix of like the life is Pablo and Jesus. So okay. I think it was not good. super well versed, but I just heard like maybe it was like did it have a polarizing kind of like some people loved it, some people did not, or or has it, the consensus like you've seen been really good? I think I don't know. I've heard everything from I've heard it's like a mid-tier Kanye album, which to most people I think is still a good album. But like I don't know many people saying it's like the best Kanye album, but I don't think anyone's gonna say it's his worst album. Like, mm. I don't know. I think it's just like I th think people want to have a hot take, no matter good or bad. And I think at the end of the day, it's like a good album that I enjoy listening to, but it's not like I don't know yeah. if it's making any waves. Yeah. Uh I guess it did make a wave though, but whatever. True. Yeah, because like it kind of like was the initial wave and then it dropped off. Panic makes a good point. Sometimes yeah. terrible, terrible people make great art, and that's a big cope. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I also just kind of assume that like artists will just kind of be ridiculous in general, especially once they get to a certain level. Like I remember one of my friends was saying that they felt like they couldn't buy into Miyazaki's message of like all of like the wholesome like messages he has in so many of his films because he was such an asshole to like his son in real life. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like, I don't agree with that way of looking at it. Cause like, I have no doubt in my mind that Miyazaki is like a massive asshole. Like I have no doubt. Like he's probably a huge tool. And I think I actually, like <laughs> he's probably a huge tool. He's probably 100%. a huge tool. I don't know 100%. the man, but I am absolutely certain yeah. he's just a tool. <laughs> yeah. Like, but he's also like the biggest, you know, creator in the anime industry of all time. Like historic. Director. And you have to be a tool to be able to be. <laughs> on I think the top. So. I think 
if you're going to get on that level, you probably have to be some sort of a tool. And like they were specifically mentioning how like apparently he was criticizing his son's work by saying like, oh, he didn't earn it. Like he didn't earn getting this, like which sucks. Like it's like, well, he apparently didn't. He didn't want his son to get in the anime into the animation industry. So I don't know the exact reasons, but that's what I yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like he was saying his son's movie sucks or if he was just like, yeah, my son is here because of me. Like, I wasn't sure what he was saying. But like, either way, like, I'm sure being his son, like, I don't know about their relationship. But like, if my dad said that, I would be really upset. But like, I don't think whatever is going on in his personal life takes away from like the end result of what he's created and like the boundaries he's pushed for the industry, the history he's made, the like, you know, the accomplishments, like all of that, like he's still like, you can't take that away from him, but I could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, well, what's strange is that like his son recently, uh, Goro Miyazaki, he directed uh, one of the recent Ghibli films, uh, you know, not hard G. (laughs) I had to to really uh, (laughs) confront this, this truth. Uh, Yeah. He made one of the last Ghibli films and it was like all like 3d and it was oh. like panned by everyone and it looked creepy. It looked horrible. Everybody hated okay. it. And it's one of the few, like only times that his dad complimented him on it, said it was a really? great movie. Yeah. He like praised him and his, I think his mom praised him too. And the son was like, yeah, this is weird. They never do this. So it's very strange, but yeah, <laughs> like they never, they, they've, they've never praised me on any of this. So, cause I think his mom apparently was like an ex animator. So she was also like okay. in the industry, but, yeah. uh, I was like, cool. Like they praised well, him for the film that everyone hated. Okay. I don't know what that means. I love that for you. I don't know. But I, 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 I was, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I did actually finish watching a documentary on Miyazaki that was on mm-hmm. HBO max. And it was like, like an hour long, maybe two hours. Mm-hmm. It was called The Never Ending Man. He made yeah. it back in 2016. And I think you've probably seen a lot of screenshots, quotes from this one, because it's yeah. like Miyazaki at his most morbid. And yeah. it's like the whole thing, like he's just complaining about aging and dying soon yeah. and his strength like leaving him. And he's like, what's the point? And also, yeah. by the way, it was shot really badly. It's like a really <laughs> bad quality, like phone camera, like it was really bad. But uh yeah, no, and and you know, and him kind of like not wanting to constantly work all the time, but just being like a very like bitter old man, and it yeah. just and it just seemed, and it didn't also seem like it was completely just because of his age. It seemed like this is also just probably his personality, oh, yeah. yeah, like complaining but then getting through it. Uh, but like it just it's such a big like contrast from what he produces, like yeah. like his like wondrous, like beautiful, like worlds. Especially uh, aimed at like a kid audience, like, you know, yeah. filled with childish wonder and hope and like fantastical elements that are so like uplifting and colorful. And then in real life, he's like, I hate when it rains, like, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to say like, I'm pretty sure he's an unpleasant person in like a disrespectful way. I just kind of like anticipate some kind of disconnect because he pours so much of his he's, he's feelings into his art. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, so no disrespect to Miyazaki. This is supposed to be like, di- <laughs> like a, under trying to understand Miyazaki, but still give him credit, even if like he might be a bit of a grouch and maybe oh, he's definitely a grouch. Out of pocket shit about his son. Yeah, definitely a grouch. I related to some aspects of him, but he's like definitely a grouch, and he's actually yeah. like 
he was in retirement, but he's actually coming out of retirement because yes. he wanted to work on that last film. And I found out he's been working on it since 2016 till now, and yes. it's still not done. And they're, he's projecting in three more years and he's already past 80. And it's because they're hand animating all of it. Oh my God. He doesn't so, use computers. Oh <laughs> so, my God. Or something to that extent. Cause there was a scene in like the interview, sorry, in the documentary where they handed him like a Wacom like tablet, like with a pen and like, he's like I don't what know if you're is familiar with those with the screen. And he's like, he was like, I don't know how to use these things. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is telling. But that's why the movies are animated so well. They're hand animated. I can see it. I could definitely see it. Uh, let's see. This was earlier on, but uh, Silly Serpentine says, just joined. Is this about MH, M- <laughs> MHA, My Hair Academia fans? It seems like it'd be about My Hair Academia. You'd think that, but we actually have barely that. touched it. We've been, do you have any, I wanted to keep it in the family of like my own series. So it didn't seem like I was like dissing other fandoms. Um, I also haven't been like super duper connected with the My Hero Academia situation in terms of like yeah. the anime and manga adaptations. Not really. I mean, like, I, I dropped up. off the anime, so I'm yeah. not. I don't have any grievances with it because I told you I have this thing of like once I catch up, like once I bite the yeah. bullet and catch up to a manga, that's it for the anime. Like unless they're yeah. doing something like like Jujutsu Kaisen animation phenomenal, like where everyone's like checking it out. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta see what's going on. Well, that's what My Hero Academia used to be. That used yeah, to be well, known for Now it's for just kind of like complains that they're ruining it. And I'm not, I'm actually hearing this from credible sources and I'm like, okay. So anyways, but with the manga, I'm kind of really good with everything that's going on. I'm actually very pleased that like a lot of what's happening now is stuff like I called in like a video like two years ago and i'm just like yes it's all coming it. to fruition everything i said all the non-believers watch this is it <laughs> so i don't know everything's like really good right now so in terms of the manga and i don't really have any complaints about the manga's execution in terms of the art and everything so, so you're, i'm the good dead to me as long as the manga exists kind of thing yeah like i don't have too many complaints because again i'm like you know, anime is going to have its, its issues, but at least the manga is delivering. Yeah. And that's all. Sometimes that's all that matters. But like if I was like really banking on the adaptation, like and kind of watching it, like similar to how you felt with Promised Neverland season two. Sorry yeah. to bring it up again. Uh, you know, I'd probably be mad. <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> yeah, be a little that mad. One's like, what gets me is that. This isn't copium or hopium. This is just rage. Is that, you know, I'll be out here being like, okay, the anime sucks for this. Check out the manga. And then people will be like, the source readers are always hating on the anime. They're all being like mean, grand, like get off my lawn, grandpa tier. Like they're always critical of it. And that's not often the case because, you know, sometimes they're it's good or it's bad. But like, you know, then it's when people like don't really take your word for it because they just assume that like, you know you're just like off your shit because you're being critical of it. And like, luckily like the promise Neverland example is so extreme that like it gets the point across of like, do not watch this because it does not do anything justice. But I think there is sometimes the uh, adaptation copium of, you know, they'll get to it soon. They'll fix it. They know what they're doing. Yeah. 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 But I hear like what they're already doing is kind of ruining one of the, the arcs that they were most hyped for. So at that point, it's like, well, I don't know when they're going to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's when they'll, they'll call for the redo, you know, or the remake of it, which isn't likely. 
Um, yeah, exactly. What is it? The bro- I feel like people saying a uh, brotherhood something is like whenever they're like this series brotherhood, that's a copium. Like when will they redo it? But like right this time. I mean, yeah, brotherhood was actually one of those few instances where like they redid something like not too long after. Or so it was only like what six years later, six years? No, seven. A couple years, later. like couple years after okay. it was done. That was weird. Uh, it was a good weird timing. Julian in the chat says, from what I understand, this is, I think, about the Miyazaki, his son's yeah, movie. Yeah, definitely. The movie was actually not very good. Still out of pocket to say that about your, I think he meant son, about your son, though. Yeah. Would you, okay, if your kid makes, like, a really bad movie and someone asks you about it, like, are you saying it's bad or are you lying and saying it's good? Like, like. And you're Miyazaki. And you're in his position. Like, And my kid's not source. there? No, no but like, my kid's going to find out. out. I'm fucking Miyazaki. <laughs> they, they put <laughs> yeah. me in the, my line, like, will quote me in the press. Like, quote me. <laughs> quote my ass it's ass <laughs> i mean i think like when it's tough you know why because like when you're of that caliber like world renowned and but like i don't know like i think like you have to kind of look at something with a critical lens but he yeah. could have said it in a nicer way he could have been what like if, i'm glad he tried Zaki is Jin in real life where he's like I am anime. I'm anime's number one director first and father second. Maybe oh. that's too much speculation. That's way too much speculation. I'm not saying it's true, but what if it was like? And what, what if, if like it, Goro if was, was like, like like gone, and he was just like yes, and that's why I respect him. He makes me want to be a director. <laughs> that might actually be it. Maybe right, this too is far. getting too real. <laughs> getting too real. This is talk about parasocial relationships of just being like these two were like the anime characters. Like oh my god. That was bad. Yeah. Reminder that Miyazaki rather uh, takes out trash than watch the Demon Slayer movie. Is that something he said? I could see him saying that. Like he would uh, rather take out the trash than watch the Demon Slayer movie. Maybe he said that. I could I see him that. saying it, but I can't imagine him saying something so overt. I don't know. I was, again, I was watching this documentary and he had like <laughs> some guys that were showing him this 3D thing because he, he was skeptical about like 3D and yeah. like they were telling him like, I don't know the exact, I don't remember too exact like what they were doing, but there was like these interns or like this company that was saying like, oh, in a few years, like we're going to, we're working on like computers that can kind of replace like having an actual animator. They can do the animation itself. And they did this like weird, like 3D looking monster thing that was like sliding on the ground or whatever. And Miyazaki just straight up called them out. And like He was just like, this is just like, like an abomination to anime. Like, what are you doing? Like. Like, <laughs> I would never stand by this. And they're like, it's just a test. No. I would never <laughs> like, he was just like grilling them hard. It was just so awkward. I was like, damn. That's so funny. He's like, I hate this. I hate this. That's so funny. Yeah. Like he kind of like made it like awkward because he was just like, because he said like, it's hard to describe, but it was like this corpse kind of body thing like sliding on the ground it kind of looked like a something out of resident evil or like a zombie but like yeah. yazaki was like disgusted by it because like he said like <laughs> i have a friend in real life who i think he said like is crippled or is crippled oh. or has like some you know uh def- you know he can't he can't function as well as he could in real life and like that knowing like the struggle of the human body like this isn't accurately portraying it something like oh, that okay. it just went but off on that's him. kind of wild if he's just like this weird thing like dragging on the ground <laughs> like that reminds me of my friend and i feel bad for him yeah I like this because you know what it was okay i don't want to misrepresent here but i think it was something along the lines of like the th- way the thing was dragging as as if it didn't feel pain like mm-hmm. it was just kind okay. of like not taking into account like pain 
And like, yeah. he's, he's saying like, you know, because if, if the animation, you want to capture things like true to life. And it's like, well, yeah. if something were like this, it would feel pain. And you have to kind of showcase that in the animation. And that's, this is kind of like an affront to that or whatever. And I don't know. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. it's like, definitely like, he has a lot of like reason to say a lot of this, like a lot of like, he has a lot of like, um, constructive criticism. It's not just like, fuck this 3d. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It that was just the way he delivered it. Um, yeah. respect. Class facts said he was asked by an interviewer what he thought of the demon slayer movie. And he said he didn't watch it and rather wants to take out his trash in his neighborhood. He does that a lot. See, okay, so I don't feel too bad speculating that Miyazaki's probably a tool. Like, I don't feel too bad saying that. He, like, walks around the whole day in an apron, so. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. He's just always, I think he's ready to work. Um. Okay, this, is, uh, this was kind of relevant this week. I was wondering what you thought of this. Um, You know the Dune director? Wait, is this a quote from that section I was talking about, class fact, that he said, he I strongly believe saying- that this is an insult to life itself. I feel like this is what he said. Is it meme or like, oh, this is oh. like life itself? Yeah. What were you saying? What was your question? Um, it's so funny. I was wondering if like, is that an actual quote or is that like anime is a mistake quote, you know? Yeah, that, no, I think that might be an actual quote. Oh, so what were you asking about? Um, um, so did you see the thing where it was like the Dune, the, the movie that's coming out, the director said that um, essentially the MCU films kind of like copy paste themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, they keep doing that. Do you think that all of this, like, it feels like once a month we get, like, acclaimed director commentating on the MCU as, like, a reoccurring thing? Like, mm-hmm. do you think that these guys are, like, do you think this is a form of copium of, like, people are upset that, like, these films that they seem to have, that they think have no artistic value are being so successful and taking over cinema. Do you think their criticisms are a form of copium or is it just kind of like a Miyazaki thing where they're like, would rather just take out the trash than watch the next MCU film kind of thing? You know what? It might be more of a Miyazaki thing uh, because like, I feel like they, again, they look at cinema as a craft. Like we talked before about like the Scorsese, Scorsese example. And it's like, they kind of look at it that way. And the, the Marvel, movies are just trying to be entertaining stories they're just entertainment so they're not really trying to really live up to like that like the craft as much as just telling a good like popcorn sort of entertainment mm-hmm. kind of film and uh so i think it's that maybe it is a bit of copia maybe i can't speculate too much but like yeah. i just feel like it's it's hard for them to not criticize it because it's so like like Marvel's like really uh, pumping stuff out now and they're just kind of yeah. ever present with now with the Disney plus yeah. shows, they've got a movie that just came out now in September. They got one in November. They got one in December, you know, yeah. three this fall slash winter. And then they've got yeah. a bunch next year, a bunch the next year after they drop dates for 2023 and 2024. It's like, yeah. it's like to the point where it's one thing ends, another thing begins. Yeah. So, so it definitely is more, it does feel a bit more like factory like now. And I think, it's a fair, like, I think it's a fair criticism because I felt it kind of with, like, Captain Marvel where I'm, like, this feels like we kind of already had this with, like, both Iron Man and, like, Captain America. Like, they felt very similar. But, um, yeah, I wasn't sure because I feel like it's, like, once a year or, no, it's, like, once a month we get the same kind of criticism, which is ironically, ironically kind of feels like copy-paste criticism for the MCU films every time. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I get it from that angle, but at that at this point, like they're they're gonna end up forming like a monopoly on the market if they haven't already. So I guess like like maybe they're starting to feel like now they're the minority group and sort of like they kind of are speaking out uh, speaking out against like giant corporation that's sort of like monopolizing the market in terms of the uh, the audiences because they are like mm -hmm. slowly taking all these big name actors and just kind of enveloping them into the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, Cinematic Universe like actors that you thought would like be like too good for that or never do that or like yeah. now part of it which I'm not saying is a bad thing I think it's cool yeah. but uh, so maybe they feel like you know like it's like it, they're really Marvel really has a lot of clout <laughs> yeah I feel like it is kind of that thing where it's like coming for the big guy on top and like I think it's fair like there's definitely some fair criticism for it but I always find it's like I think there's something finally weirdly jarring about saying like I haven't seen Dune and I don't know the Dune director that much but when you're remaking a movie or book and you're saying the Marvel stuff is like copy paste of itself when you're in the process of adapting something that could be seen as like a copy paste into a film, it gets a bit kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, I mean, like point meme. Yeah. I think they're just saying like Marvel doesn't put in any, I, I get what you're saying, but like, they're yeah. trying to say like, Oh, Marvel doesn't put in any effort while, you know, while I'm taking this film, I mean, this book that was already created, yeah. but I'm actually putting effort to adapt it, you know, and do something yeah. different. I don't know. But do you think it's copium? I think to a certain degree at some point it gets to be because like I think it's fair to criticize the Marvel films like I think we've all been there where like there are some good Marvel films and some not so good Marvel films but like I think it's like people get a bit people get a bit um I don't know they get in their bullshit a bit where they're like you know I am creating fine art and you are not creating fine art kind of thing and like you could have you know you could feel like one is art and one isn't like I think they just get a bit too much like you know if something is something bad because it's popular and mainstream I don't think so like I think there's like a lot of like actually like creative stuff in the Marvel films not all of them not every Marvel film but like yeah. some of them do have a lot of like artistic merit and have accomplished a lot of interesting things that we haven't seen in other cinema yeah. so I feel like it's a bit I don't know. I feel like it's a bit detrimental and I kind of wish that like, I don't know. I wish the conversation was a bit more of a conversation instead of like here, let's come out with the hot quote from this interview on the Marvel films. But it's also kind of like, I don't know why we have to keep talking about the Marvel films as much, you know, like, why is it just the Marvel films? There's so many other films that are also guilty of it, but to their well, the, defense, I just yeah. see it as like a tweet on Twitter. They might've had a full length conversation and naturally it's only like the headline. So I think it's just like the conversation as itself. Yeah, I was about to say this, but Panic sort of said in the chat too, uh, they've been on top of the movie industry for 15 years now. So it's like, yeah. there isn't as much other stuff. It really is like Marvel. So it's them being ever present, but also having most of the stake in the movie industry. Like, you know, I actually barely hear about other movies as much as I just hear about a Marvel movie. Again, That's not true. saying it's a bad thing. I'll, yeah. I've barely missed Marvel movies. I always go to watch them. Yeah. Um, you know, I never thought they were art and, yeah. you know, I do think they're artistic things. I am proud of like certain, uh, ways they can mix it up and like mm -hmm. deliver things differently or repackage them differently. But it, I'm pretty sure, you know, there's a formula, you know, there's, there's yeah, definitely, definitely like, and we've seen the formula happen in real time. I think it's just like, you know, I've seen some of the works from some of the directors who've been critical of Marvel films 
And I know a lot of people consider all their stuff higher, but like sometimes I'll watch their stuff and I'm like, this was pretty okay. Like I watched it. It was fine. Moved on. Yeah. So I think it's like sometimes their criticism could go, I mean, not the uncreative part, but sometimes it's just not as engaging or as thought provoking as like some people seem. But uh, yeah, Panic has a good point that the Scorsese quote is mildly taken out of context and the actual article is super fascinating. Like I did read the whole article and there's, he has a lot more to say. So it's not just like this yeah. stuff bad. Yeah. I've read the article myself. It's really more, it's more nuanced. It's more, again, he's more bigger on the, the craft of it, yeah. uh, cinema as he knew it, as opposed to just kind of like what it's becoming. Uh, yeah. You know, he's afraid that it's, it's a dying art form and more of a commodified, you know, sort of form of just entertainment. that Which doesn't... is super fair. Very yeah. fair. Yeah. So uh, in terms of uh, copium with anime and and kind of like you know sound arguments and extreme rationalizations, I think it just like do you think it's like fair to like call people out on copium, you know, and just be like, oh, you're just coping because we all kind of do that to some extent, like as yeah. we've seen, we all have our own moments, but I guess it's only like detrimental when they're like kind of you know uh, giving the author a bad name or giving the staff like uh, a bad name uh yeah i think it's only like bad when it's only bad when i think you know like the people involved are like the authors and or as you said like the staff like when they're getting death threats or they're getting like so much harassment that they're feeling something from the copium like i know i think isayama said something like in his last author comment it was like apologizing for not giving fans the ending he thought they wanted like he thought he was doing the right thing, but like, it looks like he missed the mark. So like he definitely felt the wave of disappointment. And I don't think that's to say that you can't criticize the ending. Um, but like knowing that he's listening, I can only imagine how he would feel if he heard about something like attack on Titan Requiem with the tone that they take of like, we're fixing his mistake. This is the yeah. true ending. And yeah. I'm as, again, I'm not against people making something like that in the first place, but like, the insulting tone they're taking of we are writing his wrong with this right ending that tone to me i think that's like copium taken way too far to the next degree of like assuming you know better than the author assuming that like you're in a position of power and then assuming that like you're doing the right thing when like you're not, you're just making fan fiction, which is also fair, but like, don't insult the author in the process. Yeah. Because I, like, how do you think he feels, you know, like this is his baby. He's been working on it for years while you've been sitting back and enjoying it. And, yeah. you know, and maybe he had a hard time like coming up with the ending and it's just, maybe it wasn't what he wanted, but he did his best and it's kind of, that's it. You know, I mean, and, it, sorry, go ahead. It, sorry. And it's like a weird, sorry to interrupt. Uh, it's like a weird process of being like, weird like monkey in the middle of like I'm not necessarily like super thrilled with what Isayama wrote but like I respect that's what he wrote sorry microphone uh and then like that's what he wrote like that's it that's it that's the actual ending versus like what these people are writing which is like a definitely a different take on it and like some people are happier with that but like you can tell that it's like a lot of that is like the primo attack on Titan fan copium of what they wanted the ending to be, what they thought the message was, even though that was like never the message. Like there's a lot of stuff you can tell that was like this. It's kind of the culmination of the attack on Titan copium. 
And it's yeah. interesting to kind of see that documented as like a lot of fans really thought this is what would happen and that's what they wanted from the series. And I don't think that's the story that was being told. But yeah. it's weird kind of like I don't really I'm not 100 percent happy with either of these. Yeah. So it's like a weird spot to be in. But and, and that's I feel like, you know, sometimes fans might not be paying as careful attention as to what the story is that's being told because yeah you know and that, that that's why this happens it's the satisfaction although it does sound like you know i'm pretty sure you were paying attention and you still weren't satisfied but some yeah. others to more of an extreme were expecting something like wildly different or some other payoff that was never like even foreshadowed maybe i yeah. don't know like i kind of kept seeing cases of that of my hair academia sorry to bring it up again <laughs> like no, where it's... people where people uh uh, you know, kind of thought, um, thought like, like what they wanted out of the show was clearly never what the show was trying yeah. to do, but they were just like, well, why is it like this? Why does, you know, this kid cry so much or why does, you know, like, yeah, yeah. why, like they were just expecting something completely different when the show was never, you know, kind of saying it was going to do that. So, but that's the same thing again, when we talked about the shipping, like, and kind of expecting a ship that was never there and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's like, you kind of have to pay enough attention to know that like, to just because expectations. like, yeah, like expectations, like you might be expecting something, but just, you have to kind of check yourself to an extent to be like, how much of this expectation is grounded in like what I would prefer versus what's actually like going on. Cause you might see a show like the premise and start imagining in your head like, oh, mm -hmm. it'd be cool if it went this way. And the show is not indicating that it would go that yeah. way, but you're already in your head like, no, but it would be cool if it went this way. Yeah. And then it doesn't. And then you're pissed. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, mean, I kind of had a little bit of that with Ava 3.0 plus 1.0, but I knew I shouldn't <laughs> feel that way because I knew it clearly was not telling me it was going to like go that way. And I was like, but it would be cool if it did that. What did you want it to go in? Did we talk? I feel like we didn't talk about what you actually wanted it to go in. Well, we did. Like, I think it's we, in your video, right? We talked about it, uh, I think, to a certain extent. But, like, there was, like, at one point in the second act of the film, and I'm not going to, like, for people that didn't watch it, I'm not going to spoil it too much. So if you know, you know. Uh, but in the second act of the film, there was, like, at a point where I'm, like, okay, I'm, like, counting the minutes, and I see, like, how much is left. And I'm just, like, okay, I want there to be a very clear moment where they tie this all back together to all of the original endings like mm -hmm. i want it i want it to be like not even subtle i want it to be on the nose like these endings were all fucking connected <laughs> and we kind of got some of that and we did on a, like to a subtle degree but i wanted it like more overt like i wanted okay. it to just be like like i don't know it's like some time travel like back in oh, time shit yeah yeah like it's and like, i knew yeah. it was like nonsensical and i knew it wasn't gonna happen but there's a little part of me like but wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> There's a like part four, Jojo part four kind of fan theory that criticism for that too. Like, I don't know if you've heard of that with like, um, uh, you know, when they, yeah, the ending, like with the, uh, ambulance or no, it's like kind of, it's kind of, Oh related. no, no, no. With, with the, Josuke, Josuke, and, the like backstory thing. Yeah. And that's one where I could go either way on it because I do feel like I wanted, um, I wanted like, it seemed like with his backstory, I thought that would be kind of connected. And then like kind of came up with that theory of like how that would be connected with time travel later on. And yeah. then it didn't come through. And it's not necessarily like that that didn't happen. It's just that something as interesting as that didn't happen. But like, that's something that like, 
I could go either way on because as some people point out, like, well, they never said it was going to happen, but I'm like, but they could have been hinting at it. I don't know. Like yeah. that gets a bit too much. So that might be some just grand old delusion, but. Um, I mean, I was, yeah, I was cool with either way. It's still, you know, fulfilled his backstory. Although that like, like it fulfilled like his motivation as like a character yeah. and for why he did what he did, like what, what motivated to kind of act the way he did when he was older. But like, the idea. I don't know. It did. The theory did feel like a little bit of a leap when I heard it, but it's like kind of one of those cool, like, like, you know, it's a leap, but it's cool enough that you're like, it could happen. And maybe it could happen in Jojo. Jojo. Yeah. could yeah. And I think the fact that so many people had the same theory, like I had the theory before talking with people about the theory. Like oh, when okay. I was experiencing it, I thought I'm like, yo, they might be like doing this. And then they didn't do it. And then I talked to some people about it and they're like, yeah, we thought the same thing. And I was like, it's not just me. We all thought it. We saw the lines. And then it didn't happen. Um, yeah. like, and it's like it's like one of those like little disappointments. But like, yeah. ah, you know, you want it to happen. But it doesn't really ruin the show. And you're no, kind of fine with never, what no. does happen. You know, we got great days. That's all I needed. Great but, days. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's like an, that one gets a bit, I don't know. Maybe that's just expectations. Maybe that's yeah, where that it's really just too. expectations, which is maybe like a whole other topic i don't know it does it does play into copium a lot actually so yeah expectations um, are copium like copium equals expectation reality minus expectations equals copium plus delusion equals copium yeah yeah so uh i think we about covered it i think we're gonna end it here um because that's all we have to say about copium <laughs> it's all the copium we have in store yeah. and lastly pineapple does go on pizza this has been co-signed by Shaw because after all, we're just weebs. <laughs> after all, we have no taste buds. You've been listening to the Just Weebs podcast, a weekly live stream hosted on YouTube on the Just Weebs channel. Due to the live stream format, this has been edited down to keep it relevant for an audio-only experience. If you'd like to catch one of our shows live, our regular stream time is Sundays at 5 p.m. EDT, or you can just follow us on Twitter at Just Weebs Pod for any updates. Thank you for tuning in.